Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Green Wave podcast presented by the East Grand Forks Boosters. Be sure to become a booster member and support all Green Wave athletics and uh, uh, activities. Many things are taken care of by them to help reduce costs and create better opportunities for all of our players. We have Jessica Bina with us, who is the head girls soccer coach, and she is uh, preparing her team as we speak and maybe eating lunch as we do this on the lunch hour. <laughs> uh, but uh, her team is going to be in the Section 8AA final against Alexandria. They're 14-2-1 so far this year, winners of seven in a row, and they came off a very impressive 4 to nothing win this past Saturday to get themselves in that position against St. Cloud Tech. And here they are now with a rematch against Alexandria, a game which they lost 3 to nothing earlier in the year, and uh, they're looking to right the ship. But since then, they've won seven straight. So, Jessica, thanks for jumping on to talk about your program, and congratulations. Well, thank you. Thanks for, for having us on. Well, so let's get right into it. Uh, first of sure. all, how do you like how your team's playing right now at the most uh, important of times? Well, you always want to get them to a point where they're playing the best, um, the best at playoff time at section times or the best of their abilities. And, you know, we're taking out little things um, from every playoff game section game. And like you said, the last seven games and trying to build off of those performances and really break things down and, you know, overall, we love we love what we we got. The kids are are definitely rising to the challenge and and um, performing well. When you look at your team, broad brushed, uh, what areas of your game do you like the most with how your team plays? I just like how they play for each other. I mean, really, um, there isn't one particular area that's a strength or a weakness. It's just how we play the game and how we play together. Um, it, it's just it's. It could be one thing one minute and the next um, it stands out. I mean, that's what a well-rounded team will do where it's really just hard for me to pinpoint. I like this part or that part. Um, I just like how we play the game. I like how we play it together. I like how we're all on the same page with one another and how um, our units work together and function as one, all the way from our goalkeeper to our defensive line to our mids and to our strikers, how they're just kind of playing that game um, in sync with one another right now. There's definitely a rhythm and a gel that has happened and, um, we're, we're seeing that. Um, and that's what I like the most. You know, it's really interesting when you, you get to the level you're at, everybody seems to have talent and skill on their rosters and, you know, that's fine, but it's getting everybody to really move in the right direction and, and play as one, which is the tricky part. And sometimes that, that can uh, fall on the coaching staff, right? As you, you develop the culture and the environment, but then a lot of that falls on the players, too, because buy-in matters, and some of your key players matter to that. Do you feel as though that's been you know, top-down with your players from a leadership perspective, or how, how would you say that has come together as a group? Yeah, you know, we, we don't ever really have a game plan to get the ball to one person or a certain person on a certain piece. It's really um, who's on the other end of good build-up in soccer, um, and we trust and we tell our players to have trust in one another. Um, and, you know, we've kind of evolved with that, especially in our set pieces where, um, we've kind of changed some things, um, not to get too, too technical, but we just really rely more on the whole than on, um, one or two people taking those pieces, um, to really get, get the job done in certain areas. And I think our leaders and, and our team have really bought into that because I, I feel that, everybody on our roster feels valued and feels that they have a role. And I, and I think that's definitely important. Um, I think teams win championships, teams win games. 
Um, I don't necessarily think in a, a sport like ours that one or two players can do it for, for a squad at this time of year and, and, and the type of section we're in, which is, um, you know, a double A section and we're a class A school opting up to play in that. So we definitely need buy-in from our team um, and, and an attitude that we're in the right spot for this year and we can we can succeed here. And I think that our players have really rose to that challenge and they've bought in pretty well. When you get to the postseason, obviously it's win and stay, lose and go home. And I've always yeah. found that to be in these single game elimination type scenarios. It's really fascinating to watch how certain groups or coaches approach the postseason. So the question I have for you is, do you approach it differently or is this just status quo for you? Because sometimes you feel like teams kind of tighten up and then the things change. I'm just kind of curious how you approach the playoffs as far as just an overall perspective. We don't approach it any differently. We we play every game uh, all season like we're going to get the our opponent's best game because we just have that reputation over the last several years where we have a pretty good record and we have good players on our team and we just expect everybody's best game. So we prepare every game. doesn't matter if we're playing a class A school, a class AAA school. I mean, I guess emotions are probably higher for our girls in the playoffs and the sections, but we want to approach it like a regular game because of that pressure component too. We feel like if this is just in our norm, our kids are just used to this. Um, I, I think, you know, I do want to put a plug in for our schedule this year. We had a tremendous schedule with where we were challenged um, throughout and, and we played. Most of our games felt like playoff games, even that St. Cloud Tech game early on in the season where it was like a playoff game day two because we knew that with the tiebreaker margin kind of out the window, if we were you know, close to St. Cloud Tech, that home field would come into play if we won that game. So I think all season we've had a playoff section kind of mindset where we're we're trying to put ourselves in the best position now obviously with a single game elimination we don't try to think of what happens if we lose we'll go home we don't we don't want to get our girls into that mindset into that mode uh, because girls are emotional and <laughs> they get sad and sentimental yeah. and you know we approach it business like just like we do any other game so I guess that's a really long answer to, no, <laughs> to it's your good. question no it's good you know and in, in the end you know you guys were what seven oh and one to start the year then you had that game at home against Alexandria where they won three to nothing. How do you learn from that? Uh, how do you take the pieces from that game and say, okay, this is what we we're doing differently as a group. And, and, and how do you manage through that, that game? I mean, into there, this one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've definitely changed a lot of the things we, we did um, in that game just by putting, moving different pieces to different places um, and, and saw kind of where our strengths and our weaknesses are. Um, in that game, we saw where a lot of our weaknesses fell and, and, you know, not, we're not one to make excuses. We, we like losses. We don't like losses, but we like them when they can teach us lessons. And I, I think that whole week, um, we, we had a pretty intense part of our schedule where if I'm not mistaken, we played more head the Saturday prior and one in one in overtime, uh, against a heavy, like triple a school may not be having the best triple a season, but they are a good season program for our for our match so and we come and we play that them and we have Bemidji and we have DL we have some of our rivals and it's homecoming week you know so fatigue factor sets in and there's a lot of games I think we might have even had like five games in eight days in that streak so you know um, obviously we're feeling a little fresher we're at least feeling that Alex is kind of in the same boat we are where they played on Thursday and Saturday and, and Tuesday and 
and the games at a neutral site. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely look at that game. Um, there was moments in that game where we played well and um, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And, and we've adjusted things. So um, not to get into too many specifics, because I don't know who listens to the podcast, yeah, right, but, right. <laughs> but we, uh, we definitely have taken from that game and, and hopefully um, adjusted some things where we needed to adjust in certain areas. Well, when you, when you look at numbers and, and just say, okay, goals scored, goals allowed, yeah. You, know, you have nine games where your team scored four or more. And since your right. back-to-back losses to Alexander Bemidji at 3 nothing and, and one nothing, it, it you've allowed two. So obviously you, you are offensively clicking, but, you know, the defensive side of it, you know, everybody's really pulling the, the uh, boat in the same direction too. I don't want to say row the boat. That's just too <laughs> overused. <laughs> but, right. you know, okay. But, but it's clearly, th- there has to be some sort of uh, synergies between how things are transitioning to offense and then how you guys are, are playing defensively as a group too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we play just like you said, as a group, uh, we, we don't think as our forwards, as our only attackers, right. we defend, we defend as a group. So it's a lot of our, our, our forwards and our mids getting back into the right position and into the defensive shape, you know, when our opponent has the ball and then changing our shape and getting to the attacking position when we have the ball and, and, and putting that pressure on, um, using our back and, and, and a testament to our goalkeeping and our defenders that are the last line of defense. They've been playing lights out for us. And they've been playing lights out all season. You know, we've allowed probably 10, I think it was last time I checked, I had to know this for all state purposes for some of our kids, but I think it was, we've allowed 10 all season, which is an incredible stat. Um, and some of those have come in the last, you know, five or six minutes of the game when your starters aren't necessarily in there. So, uh, I mean, our back line, especially our starting three, I can't say enough about them. They play the, they've been playing well. We've been excited about that group for a while. I remember we had a senior heavy team one year and these guys were, were eighth graders, these, this defending group. And they, we kind of took them on the varsity that year. Um, they weren't playing, but they were learning from, we had this great senior back line um, and they were learning from them. And when uh, I, I remember a couple, I remember one, I, I won't say her name, but she'll know if she listens who it is. And I remember she's an eighth grader. She's now a junior. And, she said, so when they're gone, do we finally get to play? You know, kind of, <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Like she was just itching to, uh, to play. Um, but, um, and they have, they, they, they really learned that year as eighth graders and now they're juniors and they're seasoned. I mean, they're playing like college kids at, at times back there and making good plays. And, and again, we, we don't like to boot the ball and chase. We, we yeah. really, we rely on our D to start our attack and um, they're, they're very composed back there, I guess is a word I can say without giving too much away on our back line. I understood completely four seniors you have on this team, a good number of juniors. So obviously you were touching on that group that's coming through. So, I mean, this has to be from a, just a staff perspective and a coaching perspective. So fun to watch groups grow like this and, and to be posting a 14, two in one season, really having Mm -hmm. uh, a nice campaign is it kind of nice to see it come to where you think it could go? And there's plenty more to go with such a young team. Yeah, you know, I think, like, you touched on it. We don't have very many seniors. Um, I think there's a difference of one player from last year to this year. Obviously, the kids we lost from graduation, but um, we didn't fill our roster. Um, last year, we were pretty – we had a lot of numbers on the varsity, and this year we took one 
new players. So what's nice is I can tell them before, you know, Saturday's game, we've been here before. All of you but one player, our eighth grader, has been in this game, and we know what it was like to lose on our home field in that section semifinal. And just having that experience in that circle while I spoke to them um, before the game, it, you just saw a calmness because they've been there. They've done it. Um, and, and when they were younger, it was a nervousness. And now they're just more composed. And, like, I think, you know, when I told you earlier that we can approach these games like they're regular season games, it's because of their maturity, because they're older. And, um, I mean, that's been really nice as a coach. Um, and I think, um, you know, you, you saw that on Saturday where it, we came out and we, we played just like we would have played, you know, hard when we played Tech the first time. There, and, and there was that pressure of being a playoff game, but you really didn't feel it or see it in our locker room. You, you, you just knew it was a game we had to come out and, and do our best as a team. So that's experience that I'm speaking to mm-hmm. with, our, with our group. And it's, it's nice to see him come through because I do um, have flashbacks, too. I think we all did to that little falls game um, last season that ended our season when we lost two out of our three captains, you know, in the opening 10 minutes and we're able to pull that game off and the emotion on the bench and the crying and, you know, that that game really was pivotal for driving us forward through, for, through the off season, even in the summer, those kids were in the weight room, they were up at 6am, you know, they were working not only in their sport, in this sport, but their other sports, but they were real driven um, to get back to that game. And I'm so proud of them for getting back to that semifinal game. And and every one of our seniors who was on that game last year who lost it was in the stands and felt that same um, satisfaction of actually getting past that. So I feel like at the end of the game, they celebrated it, but there still was this feeling of we're not done. So there wasn't that elation like we did it. We accomplished everything that we wanted to accomplish on Saturday. There was we're, we're satisfied with this game, but, you know we're not completely satisfied yet. So that was good too. Well, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And you, you know, when you think about one of the things that stood out to me is when you mentioned that you played a really strong schedule and that every game felt like a playoff game, even in the early going and the Moorhead one was a tough challenge and, and you guys mm-hmm. rose to that occasion in an overtime scenario, which is awesome. Um, right. Long and short of it, if your dress rehearsal is like the actual show, uh, mm-hmm. It just becomes another game, which is what it sounds like it's happening. And another thing that I've always felt is I've always felt in sport, if you really, really want to be successful, you have to lose before you win. And part of yep. that means some heartache and heartbreak. And there's some people that, you know, maybe have to move on and graduate because that's part of high school sports and college sports, too, for that matter. But in right. the in the end, it's what motivates you to be better and it can also help you in your other sports, as you mentioned, which is so important. But when you can stand on the side and watch the focus that players and a group do uh, together to come together to put in the work, and you know whether whether it means you know incrementally getting better or not is is a whole different story. But what it means is they went through the process, and it's about the yep. process. And it's really fun to hear that you've uh, cultivated that with this group. Yeah, they've kind of cultivated it with themselves, though, too. Mm-hmm. They're a real driven group. I can I can tell you, um, you know, the motions running through my brain personally when the game was over was I get another, I need to get another practice with this group. You know, taking one step. I'm a firm believer is don't look at, don't look at, you know, two steps down the road. Just look at the step in front before you go to the other one. So I just knew that moment. 
I don't, I don't honestly, I don't think as a coach, I was comfortable. I was still having them go into lockdown mode for nothing. And it's two minutes left and I'm still nervous because it's sections in my brain, but yeah. I'm not trying to show that. Right. Um, but when that final whistle blew, I, I got, it, you know, I was so proud of them for reaching their goal because they, they really drove that. Our leaders drove that. We don't, as coaches can't drive that in the summer. You know, we can't, you know, Minnesota state high school league, yeah. league rules are very, very strict with that. So as a coach, I can't lead that at all. That all came within our leadership group and what they wanted to do collectively as a group, which was really cool. I was just so stinking proud of them for, for accomplishing a goal. You just are like, and in my head, I was like, I selfishly get another day, another practice on Monday with this team, which is awesome because I, I love spending time with this group. Um, they're, um, their, their drive is so contagious. It just makes you, you have those kids. It just makes you want to be there. It makes you want to put everything you have into it too. And this team is, is driven by our leaders and it's driven by every, every kid on our team that has this mindset. And as a coach, it's just, it's contagious for me. I, I really think it's coming within our players. I, you know, I, it's really easy to take credit for it if you're a head coach, but I, I, I just see it. It's, it's totally them. Um, they're driven, they put the work in, they put the time in, um, and they're kind of a group that's making me look really good right now. But really, I just want to pass full credit to them because they got themselves in this position. Um, and, you know, I couldn't be more proud of them. And I just, I know they have bigger goals on the table and I, I'm really pulling for them because at this point it is, you've prepared them, you know, you know, they know how we have to play. They know what it takes for us to be successful they understand that they've watched the tapes. They've watched the tapes on our opponents. We, we know the players on the Alex team very, very well. They're driven to do things like that. And you just want it to all come to fruition for, for them because they've worked so stinking hard. And I just, you know, really hope, you know, for the, for the, I know, I mean, like, I know they're going to come out tomorrow and give it everything they have. So no matter what happens, we're super proud of this group and, and the drive they've shown. And it's been really an honor for me to be a part of. It, it ranks up there in my 20-year coaching career, let me tell you. Well, it's, you're spoken. You're a true professional, and uh, all these words you've said, you've got me ready to go. I mean, I want to play. I mean, so, <laughs> right. so, but, I mean, it's true. And, um, you know, the, 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 the coaches that understand it, I had a, a long-time – my Randolph, the Duluth East coach, told me once, he said, you know, I was asked a question by someone that said, hey, it's been three years since you've been to the state hockey tournament. Uh, what's wrong? And he goes – What's wrong? I don't have Patrick White. And, you know, he started naming these players on Grand Rapids. Yeah. He said, you know, you're only as good as your players. And if, and, and if your, your players can lead and do the things that they do, uh, that's where the process becomes fun as a coach. And then, right. uh, you know, you don't have to – you do less babysitting and, and, and more coaching. And it's, it sounds like you have an absolutely perfect scenario. And I know the sports boosters are fully behind every team <laughs> at East Grand Forks. But there's a lot of excitement around your team. And, uh, you know, I just wish the game was at home and not in Fergus. Yeah, so we two hours away. It. It's yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah. We we do love our sports boosters. We actually have a lot of booster parents and that have kids on our team. So, um, and not just because of that, but because of what they do for our our program, we we try to get out there and and help. They had this excellent 5K event, and our kids were there and and supporting. They've supported us with man. They get they got us these like really cool stadium coats. Like I can't even tell you. I feel like really? it's negative 40 degrees out and it feels like i'm at the bahamas that's how warm these things are and it, and just you know they gave the kids an overnight at the beginning of the year in our little falls trip so we didn't have to make that haul in one night or one day um they just really are the boosters are incredible and i know you mentioned that they were sponsoring this um podcast so 
we 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 are just our soccer family our soccer community everybody who supports us our fans in the stands um the student body obviously our administration high schools athletic directors coaches it's all they're all a part of it and and the kids just on the field really benefit from everybody who who supports them including our booster club again that was really long and drawn out so no <laughs> but, it's 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 this has been really really good and um you know we are all pulling for you guys and i'll be watching closely from uh, afar and uh hope we can connect around state yeah. tournament time if that comes to fruition and we wish you Let's the best so. of luck jessica well, thank you so much for doing this and um, getting our kids out there because that's that's important too. They deserve it. Group, so they deserve it. It's thank a lot you. of fun. They would all be here, but every single uh, captain I talked to had class at this time, and we do uh, like to say that school is their priority, um, and soccer is just something they do on the side. So um, they they were bummed they couldn't. I know last year you had a couple of them on, but that was a so lot was of fun. It was not a good time for them. Well, let's time, let's so. let's do this. Uh, you know, win or lose, we need to do a year-end uh, recap with them, and um, I'd love to get all of yep. those players on with you if you don't mind, and we'll uh, we'll put sure. it down. So if they win, obviously we do it whenever. You know, we don't want to get in the way of state tournament thoughts sure. and process, but maybe we do it after it's all uh, said and done, and we go from there. They'll really like that for awesome. sure. All right, Jessica, thanks for joining uh, today's show. Thank you very much. You Thanks bet. for having us. Thank you. That's going to do it yep. for today's edition of the Green Wave Podcast for Jessica Bina. I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.